All right. Hello, everybody. This is Marcia Lee, host of my Season Your Reason podcast. And today we have really, really a phenomenal, awesome guest on, Murray Blackfoot. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then we're going to take it away. Murray Blackfoot is the founder of Market 7, a Black-owned food hall that features Black-owned food and lifestyle businesses for the purpose of alleviating food apartheid in retail deserts in, in underserved areas of Washington, D.C. Murray graduated from Baffin College with a BS in business management. As a student, she also taught entrepreneurship courses to high school students in Ghana and South Africa. She began her career in the socially responsible finance industry as an analyst. In 2013, Murray became one of the founding chapter leaders of the DC chapter of Women Investing for a Sustainable Economy, WISE for short, a women-led professional group committed to providing resources to women working within the impact investing industry. In the summer of 2017, she launched her most recent venture, Market 7. Market 7 has worked with 60 Black-owned businesses in the D.C. area to create alternative community pop-up markets that include fresh food, lifestyle products, and home essentials in War 7 of Washington, D.C. Market 7 is currently building a new 7,000 square foot food hall slated to open in 2022. Market 7 has been highlighted by DC Mayor Amelia Bowser, Forbes, The Washington Post, CNBC, Black Enterprise, Washingtonian Magazine, Essence Magazine, Washington Business Journal, NBC, Fox, and WUSA TV stations. In 2019, Murray created a partnership with Whole Foods Market, Mid-Atlantic, to bring more Black-owned brands to their stores. Murray has also developed training partnerships with Google and the Greater Washington Urban League to provide entrepreneur training in underserved communities in 2020 and 2021. Take it away, Murray. Thank you again for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for reading my bio. I am so grateful to talk to you today more about our work and uh, talk to your audience about what's going on here in Ward 7. So Murray, you want to talk about what made you get, get started about what, 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 what actually, what actually got you started on Market 7? Was it the vision you had or, I mean, what made you, what made you start, what made you create Market 7? Yeah. So um, I grew up here in Ward 7. So uh, this is a passion project of mine, just being in my home ward. I was really hungry. When I got out of college, I moved back home and quickly realized how much food apartheid was actually happening east of the river because I became a vegetarian. I wanted to eat better. And I quickly realized how much we did not have access to fresh and sustainable lifestyle foods um, and even goods, lifestyle goods in our community. Uh, just to put things into perspective, there's only three full service grocery stores east of the river in Ward 7 and Ward 8 to feed over 160,000 residents that live here. And just to, to put that into perspective, there are wards on the other side of um, the city that actually have half as many people and they have full service, like 10 full service grocery stores, right? Um, and so I found myself going to other parts of the city to actually access food and get food, getting in Ubers and Lyfts, paying $10 one way, so $20 round trip just to go and get other, you know, food sources. And that was adding up. And I was wondering if anyone else in our world was dealing with this problem. And they were, you know, people were leaving um, quite a bit. And I, we did some work with Sibley Memorial Hospital, their water affinity program at the beginning of our work. 
and found we did some community surveys. And in one of our community surveys, we found that um, over 60% of people that are living in Ward 7 are leaving to get some or all of their food needs for the month in our ward. So they're going to places that have uh, better grocery options. Some are even about 24% going all the way over into Maryland. Um, and this is a community survey that we did uh, with Sibley Memorial Hospital Ward Infinity Program are going to get some or all of their grocery needs over into Maryland uh, throughout the month. And so many people are moving around and trying to find better food. Um, and so I was like, there has to be something that we could do about this, right? We should have fresh and sustainable grocers, fresh and sustainable food spaces in communities. And I started to ask around in the community, you know, what can we do? Uh, how can we uh, get, uh, I was just advocating for a better grocery store. And a lot of people were coming back to me, advocates of community, uh, even people who work for government were saying, you know, Mary, that sort of retail is not going to happen. Uh, because the area medium income is too low in Ward 7 and Ward 8 to get those kind of retailers to come to the community. And I did not think that that was a good enough answer. Um, and so just with my entrepreneurial background, and I started my first business when I was 16 uh, through the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship, which is an, a program that helps uh, high school age kids and middle school age kids now uh, start businesses in their community, um, just about the entrepreneurial tenacity of having a problem where you are and solving it through the power of entrepreneurship and said, so I looked at that and I thought back to my work also in Ghana and where I saw a lot of entrepreneurs come together that offered food, come together, make community marketplaces where they are. And these were in communities that also didn't have a lot of money, but they had autonomy in their communities through these centralized marketplaces. And I said, you know what, there is a way that we can do this. And I've seen this before. And so just lessons that I've learned from Ghana, um, and then thinking about how to solve these problems using market-based solutions uh, through the power of entrepreneurship. I said, you know what, we can do our own community mar markets utilizing urban farmers and small businesses that are offering fresh, sustainable foods and lifestyle products. Um, we live in such a food desert and I thought it was such a dire issue. I've also learned through the program that I did with Sibley um, that people in Ward 7 and Ward 8 are dying up to 16 years earlier than people that live on the opposite side of the river because of things like diabetes and heart disease, things that can be solved in part or altogether through a change of diet. And so this became a, such a dire need for me as we really um, evaluated the effects of food apartheid, which really takes into account a long history of discriminatory practices against communities of color, particularly black communities, which makes us um, totally unable to really get fresh, sustainable retailers in communities um, by way of a lot of social determinants that have keep, kept us out of like economic marketplaces that make us viable solutions where those markets usually go. And so um, in order to combat that long history of discrimination, we have uh, created our own uh, pop-up uh, and it was an alternative pop-up and we would do pop-up series for weeks at a time within communities, just offering fresh food, sustainable lifestyle items and home essentials. And now, uh, we are doing a new food hall east of the river that's going to feature Black-owned businesses, uh, eight new Black-owned businesses in community. We're so excited about it. It's 7,000 square feet at 3451 Benning Road, northeast, right by the Chateau. If you are from D.C., you know that historic place. And uh, we are going to feature foods from all across the diaspora, African, Caribbean, and American food. So we're very excited about it. And where we're just thankful to, to be in community and solving a really big community.
Well, thank you so much, Mary. For, for those who are not from Washington, D.C., you know we love our D.C. Uh, as being natives. You want to tell people about like the um, what War 7 and 8 are? Because people say, what is that? And you know how D.C. is divided up and how that how that brings into the, um, the food apartheid that we are currently experiencing in those communities. Yeah, so War 7 and War 8, they uh, exist kind of on the southeast end of the city. Um, Ward 7, and I'm trying to think of like maybe the court, we just did the rezoning. So I don't even know what the new zones are. Oh, yes. Um, so, you know, I would be, I would be <laughs> the wrong one to kind of say what the coordinates are. But some of the communities that exist in Ward 7, we sit in the River Terrace community. Um, that's right off of the port, the Minnesota Avenue and Benning Road corridor, which is considered our downtown Ward 7. So um, we have a lot of new activity that's happening here. Uh, we have new apartment complexes up. We also have uh, the Department of Employment Services right around the corner from us, as well as uh, the new DGS building that's happening right there. So all of that activity that's happening right on our main downtown corridor in Ward 7 um, is really, really, really interesting as we are starting to see further development um, in Ward 7. And Ward 8 is seeing a lot of development as well. Yeah, thank you, Murray. And you know what? And you know, every year in May, the um, DC um, Murray Bowles and the econo her economic teams go to Vegas to the International Council of Shopping, you know, of um, shopping centers. They try to get business here. Have you been asked to go and, and talk about Market 7 and how we can have maybe other Market 7 similar businesses in, in, our, um, in our areas? I have not, but I have heard about this, uh, this event that they go to every year. Um, with the push to get further retail in the city, which is a good thing. Um, I think over time, it's been difficult to get retail uh, in Ward 7 and Ward 8, especially food, right? We only have three grocery stores amongst two wards uh, that are primarily African-American. And so um, I hope the city will continue to push to get better food options where we are. We, we are a community uh, east of the river that is plagued with a lot of fast food, a uh, lot of liquor stores, a lot of, uh, you know, carryouts and things like that, convenience stores, but not a lot of uh, full service grocery stores. And I hope the city continues to uh, push to uh, get more retailers east of the river. I think um, one thing the city has done is they do have grants available. We just got a food fund in DC to really support uh, new businesses uh, east of the river uh, that have food options coming to the ward. So um, I think the city has done a good job in making sure that those funds are available and I hope that they do even more um, in the future because we, we really need more food over here. Yes, and you know, um, you're opening up in Ward 7 as well as Lidl grocery stores opening in Ward 7. So that at least like I said, people will have more options, but Mary, you, you do talk about that and you talk about the cost. So, Murray, you know, I want to I want to dive into that a little bit because it was only ten dollars back then. But now, with the gas and the rates going up, so have you um, spoken to any of your residents talking about how much it costs now to go to the grocery store by Uber, Lyft, Gypsy Cabs, or what? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like about ten dollars one way, so twenty dollars round trip when I was doing it. Um, I must admit, I still leave the ward. Uh, to get food, or I'm doing like Instacart now, you know, because actually Instacart has actually proven to be a little cheaper than going out and getting a um, a car, a Lyft or an Uber, um, because those prices have gone up. So I, I actually do a lot of Instacarting now just because 
uh, the prices of going to the grocery store have gone up so much to get from, um, you know, Ward 7 to downtown to get to a Trader Joe's or get to um, a better the giant or something or Whole Foods or, you know, one of the more healthier grocery stores, it, it does cost more money now post pandemic. And so um, I can't even like go out and pick the foods. I have to just get it all online because the prices have gone up so much. So Mary, you want to talk about the um the type of stores that you want to go have in your food hall? I mean, I know you have like um are there gonna be sit down restaurants or you know grab and go or how's that or carry out? How's that gonna work? Yeah, so the food section that'll work like a traditional food hall. I think the the food hall that people are most familiar with in terms of a model in DC is like Union Market. I think that's the most yes. modern. So um, there walk ups. You walk up, and then we have community seating where people can actually sit uh, what's so also cool about our marketplace too is that we'll have some seating outside we have um we have a kind of indoor outdoor capacity at our market as we do have like window spaces that can come up and people can eat outside um so we're very excited about that so we'll walk up to get food and get sit in our community seating and fellowship with the community we'll also be doing a lot of different community um programming uh doing farm to table uh sessions in our in our food hall where people can come and learn about how your food actually gets to your plate from a cultural lens. It's very important for us, to, for people to actually learn how to uh, learn about their food from a cultural place because people become more connected to their food that way and have more pride in what they're eating. Um, we're trying to encourage people to cook more, to grow food, to do all of those things. We're actually going to have a hydroponic farm that we're going to be growing inside of Market 7. Um, we're calling it a live pantry where we'll be growing sustainable uh herbs that you can cook with as well as small veggies that people can actually come and learn about. Um, and we'll do sessions with school age children as well as adults uh, throughout the week so they can learn about where their food comes from and how food gets on a plate. So um, we want this to be uh, kind of this, this total center of health. Uh, I always say that your food sources should be like the nucleus of the community where you get your food and you should come there to sustain your life. You should come there for healing and also education on health. And so Market 7 to me is like a new age sort of food space where we come and we learn about um, how dynamic food can be in our lives and we use it as a sustainability tool um, and not just a means of just total survival, but also somewhere where you can come and get healing using food as medicine um, and also learning about yourself culturally through the lens of food as well, because there's a lot of cultural and history as well. So we're very excited. Um, about what's to come. Um, and I always say that our work is at the intersection of sustainable health, so bringing food and food education to the community, but then also um, at the crossroads of also being economic anchors and communities for small businesses as we are bringing new small businesses to the community and also giving resources to them to grow and develop as well, including doing trainings with Google as well as the Greater Washington Urban League about how to make your business better. Oh, that sounds good. So, Mary, how 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 are you outreaching to the community? Uh, is it socials? Are you going out in person? You doing events? You going to schools? You going to offices? So, how you how you are marketing um marketing market seven? We have been um I think we've been very blessed uh, as we have received so much support from a lot of different people. The city has been really great about spreading word about our mission. Uh, we use our socials, of course. We've also had a number of publications that done stories on us, like you were saying in the bio from Washington Post to CNBC, uh, the Washingtonian. 
Um, I think our biggest splash in terms of our work has been the uh, Build Your Legacy concept that we were in in 2020. Um, that was a contest where we got to be finalists in a national contest to um, actually see, it was, it was actually hosted and, and put on and administered by Essence Magazine and Pine Salt. And it was a national competition where entrepreneurs who were black and woman owned business owners uh, competed for a $150,000 prize. We got to the final round and it was three businesses that had to uh, get voting, uh, get voters from the general public. And uh, whoever got the most votes won. And so we, I ran that almost like a campaign in true Washington style uh, to get votes and really got so many people involved. The mayor tweeted it out. Um, I feel like every DC agency just about tweeted it out. We got so much support. Um, from so many people um, that we, we won. And I was so excited uh, about that. And so that's been a great marketing, that was a great marketing exercise for us, just running that almost like a campaign. So I feel like so many people after that uh, knew about Market 7. I remember we did one um, interview with uh, Soul Foodie. They did a story on us and it's a big blog on food blog that focuses on black foods. Uh, that story got over 30,000 retweets from all across the country. So, so many people learned about what we, who we are and what we do. Um, so that was a big, big marketing piece. And overall, we've, we've just gotten so many supports from our uh, local organizations that support us. So Marshall Heights Community Development Organization, Sibley Memorial Hospital, um, the Greater Washington Urban League here in the city. We have so many great partners that have pushed our work. Um, and continue to support um, our mission. And, and yeah, that's how we've been marketing through partnerships, through socials. Um, and then in the beginning, we were going around knocking on doors and putting flyers <laughs> on people's doors. So we have done a little bit of it all. Uh, I remember being in, in July heat in Washington, DC and just knocking on doors and walking on every door, putting flyers saying, hey, can you come out talking to residents? Um, so we've done it all. We, we've done the, the walking of the pavement and we've also used online to do marketing. This thing, how fat, you know, it's to have things that evolve, you know, the power of a tweet. Yeah. The power of tweets. <laughs> yes, the power, just the power of social media. And this is when, this, Marie, this is when social media is for the good. Because I remember the contest too, because everybody, you were on every station in DC. Everybody say, vote, 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 vote. So and like you said, everybody, like you said, everybody was spreading that too. So like you said, this is, and everybody, you know, sometimes DC gets a bad rap, but this is when DC's overall is a good city. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, 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 it's a phenomenal city. You know, things happen, like things happen in, mo in, in, in most big cities, you know, things do happen. This is really, really a great, a great, great city. But Murray, like I said, I just wanted to talk about um, um, like you said, it was just it's just it's just interesting how, like I said, I just want to piggyback on the um, like say on the ride and the food's going up, Murray. So um, and like you said, I like the fact that you're going to be teaching people how to cook because Murray, you want to talk about if they come to your market, how much they'll save as, as opposed to going to the fast food corner and you know working on their health. <laughs> Let's think about it. you spend yeah, what I mean, we really emphasize working with entrepreneurs that are using fresh and sustainable uh, mm -hmm. food in their foods. And so getting away from, you know, some of the fast food options that we have in community, we want to really focus on like cultural foods that are made fresh. 
Um, so we're having representations from the Caribbean, from Africa, from the Americas, but utilizing fresh and sustainable foods in order to really get people to emphasize on cooking where they are, using fresh and sustainable foods in their home. And people really think that it's really um, expensive to do it, right? They think it's really expensive to do it, but that's not always the case. Um, there's a great, uh, we actually did a documentary as part of our work with Sibley Memorial Hospital's Ward Infinity Program that's on YouTube, it's called The $10 Community. And we made this uh, documentary and named it that because when we started out, there was a gentleman uh, who, uh, there's a gentleman in community who has a big fancy title. I won't say who it is, but he told me, you know, I wouldn't invest in something like that. And I understand why uh, grocery stores don't come here because Ward 7 is a $10 community. Uh, people only spend that much in a day. And that's why we place things like fast food in the community because Ward 7 is just a $10 community. And that's all people are going to spend. And that's, that is the sort of food that meets that criteria if you're going to just spend $10. And so there's this whole pathology uh, regarding like, you know, if you can only spend $10, it's going to be fast food. And it's just like, no, you can make a healthy meal with $10. Um, you can buy healthy ingredients and um, actually make a, a good meal. And that documentary, The $10 Community, it's on YouTube. Um, but in that, we actually have a, a, a actual segment in that documentary that we have a farmer that was part of this farm collective called Brown Girl Pop, and they would provide fresh produce during our first series, during our first year. And she literally broke down how you can make this amazing stew. Um, it's a vegetable stew that you can make and feed a family of four, all for under $10. And so this, this, this thing about, you know, you just can't eat well for less money is just like this misnomer that I think is placed on communities, especially... Um, of color and, and kind of helps people validate this, let's keep putting fast food where they are. So um, you can come to our market and learn about that and learn about how to eat to live and learning also, you know, how to make things that are sustainable, how to grow at home. You can grow your own veggies in ho at home, get seeds and, and start to grow things in home and make things at home too. Um, and then also support local businesses that are using fresh and sustainable foods as well. Most Thank importantly than money, we're really trying to save your life. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? That that is so important as far as you know, having having market seven and saving lives. We're trying to help you get that that 16 years back uh, that we lose uh, living east of the river, right? Statistically, I'm supposed to die 16 years earlier than counterparts that live in, you know, other wards. You know, and let's all try to get that 16 years back because we we really, we deserve it. We work just as hard as anybody else. Uh, our humanity counts just as much as anybody else. So we need to really start to create systems within communities to support us becoming as healthy as we can be. And I think that starts with making sure that we have total health equity um, in our community by way of making sure that we are eating well and there's education that supports us um, learning how to eat well within the community as well. Thank you, Mary. Because you know, because food and health equity is a couple. Because yes. if if you know, because if you're eating well, you're gonna be well. So, yeah. And it's and it's funny because I'm always finding, like you said, Mary, every corner is a liquor store. You can find a liquor store like all you gotta do is walk from here to this computer, and it's a liquor store. 
or it's, it's, a, it's some type of fast food establishment. But Murray, um, have you been having any issues with um, Instacart or any other delivery service delivering to the community? You know, it's interesting. So um, in the pandemic, of course, there was a boom of people who actually started to um, deliver here. Because I don't know if you remember before the pandemic, um, we didn't get that much delivery here east of the river um, as much as we're getting now. But of course, the uh, pandemic now for a long time in 2020 and 2021, you had so many people willing to deliver east of the river because people were trying to uh, save their businesses. Let's just be honest. People were trying to stay in business. So they were willing to take orders from anywhere. Um, now in 2022, I'm noticing on some of these delivery apps, um, not as many businesses are, are delivering towards seven. I think it's getting back to before pandemic where, um, you know, certain grocery stores and certain food spaces that were available um, during the pandemic, because I was like, oh, this is great. Now I can, I feel like I can order from anywhere now in the city, whether it's um, to get, uh, you know, a veggie burger or whether it's to get a grocery stores from a certain grocery store all the way on the other side of town. I was like, oh, this is great. I can order from anywhere. But I'm noticing now on some of the apps, a lot of those places that were available to me um, during the pandemic, some of them are pulling back now and not, they're not as available east of the river. So um, there was a boom and now I feel like people are contracting back. But before the pandemic, um, a lot of, um, a lot of food spaces were not delivering here. You know what? And then, but you know what, Maria, now I'm reading, like you said, since the pandemic that the SNAP benefits, you can actually do, um, deliveries now. So I'm thinking, is that, is that true? <laughs> now, because if you're doing SNAP benefits, they should allow for delivery and not by where you live at. Have you, are you familiar with that? Not familiar. Uh, yeah, like Walmart and, you know, all the other, you know, grocery stores now that they actually take SNAP benefits and they actually do, you can actually do Amazon Prime through your, um, through your SNAP benefits. Oh, well, I did, that is, that is very well. That is, that's great. Yeah. So that's now I think, I think that would take away, you know, some of the, um some of the stigma and not, you know, some of the, by not coming over. So that should be improving some of the, you know, some of those, that should take care of some of those issues that people do have with getting services, you know, over, over in the, in the, um, in the community. But so Murray, would you be having, um, would your vendors be having, um, your um, stores be having, um, delivery or everybody just have to come in within no, like a certain, um, a certain radius? Yeah, we're encouraging all of our vendors to also be on the apps to deliver because, you know, some people in our communities, we want to make sure that we're available to everybody. Some people may have mobility issues. We want to make sure that our seniors are taken care of and they can get things from Market 7. So all of them will be uh, encouraged to be on the apps um, so that we could also do delivery for Market 7 as well. So that's very important to us. Um, so, yeah, they'll be on the apps as well. That'd be good, but Mary, I'm very excited about the about this opening in the community because, and I know you'll be having people doing cooking demonstration because I think Mary, I want to talk about that a little bit because I like how you went there because we are dying of things, you know, we have, you know, you and I have family members that, you know, have things that could have been tro controlled by diet. <laughs> and I think a lot of times, like you say, Mary, people think it's expensive and people think it's time consuming. So um, I'm sure you'll be having people there to show you how to meal prep as well, too. <laughs> yeah, so we want to do a lot of different cooking demonstrations um, and things that are just like health aligned. Um, so 
we want to teach people, you know, how to make healthy meals that are affordable. We also want to emphasize on uh, cooking demonstrations, again, that are culturally specific. So how do we make food, our foods? You know, a lot of the times we look at Black foods as unhealthy and things like that, but there's a way to make all of the, our cultural foods in a more healthy way. Um, how do we season our food with natural ingredients that don't cause some of the, the health issues that we are used to, diabetes and things like that, high blood pressure. Um, so we are really trying to really teach people how to cook culturally, but healthy. Um, we can, and, and it can be done in a lot of different ways. I'm personally a vegetarian, so I'm always looking for uh, ways to how to, can we make it be, go into even veganism. I always say I'm a vegetarian aspiring into veganism. Um, so I try to eat um, as vegan as possible, but um, how can we do more of that in community? There are growing communities of vegan and vegetarians in our community, but how can we make it so that we are making foods that are culturally relevant and making people encouraged that you can eat healthy um, and also eat to your cultural standard as well. So we'll be doing a lot of cooking demonstrations on that, teaching people how to grow foods, a lot of people don't know that you can grow foods right on your in, the inside. You can grow fresh herbs that you can use for cooking right on the inside of your home in the city. Um, how do you do that? Um, how does those things, how do you take that and then make a meal and put it on your table and your, your family can eat it? So we're going to be doing a lot of those things. We can certainly do something on meal prep. We're also open to ideas. So people in the community, if you are interested at all in, in doing some sort of programming around food and nutrition at Market 7, please reach out to us. Um, via email info at market7dc.com. Again, that's info at market7dc.com. We are still very open to working with community partners on having so many different um, community conversations around health, nutrition, and culture, and food. Um, so if you think you have a great idea, if you know how to meal prep and you want to come do a meal prepping class at Market 7, we are open. I'll probably be, you know, you probably say, Marcia, get your life because I actually meal prep. And I'm a vegan, as you know, but I, I actually meal prep quite often. Mm -hmm. Meal prep saves so much time and money. Yeah. So, like you said, especially with Market 7 products. And, you know, like you said, Murray, just and, and just still educating the community. Because I think when you talk about vegan and vegetarian, especially vegan, Murray, I say, oh, my God, vegan. I'm like, but, you know, I have to explain to people that vegan is food. Mm -hmm. It's food. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not enough. It's not anything from outer space. You know, it's just, it's, it's food. It's just no, it's no animal products or no dirt, but it's food. Mm -hmm. And I say, I'm not suff suffering from any type of food deficit. And I think, Mary, like you said, just getting people to come out to, getting people to come out to comfort zone. And I think Market 7 is going to serve that purpose. Get people to come out to comfort zone the way they have been eating. Murray, and you know, try, and trying to change attitudes about, 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 about healthy food. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Yeah, I think, but, and I think that's the thing with the cultural relevancy, because a lot of times people think that we have to change our entire mm -hmm. food way in order to eat healthy. And I think sometimes people have a confliction between, um, I still want to participate in Thanksgiving with my family. You know what I mean? Like, how do we do that and also do it in a way that's healthy? How can I sit at the table with my family? And we're so used to, used to eating like Southern cooking, you know, that's, food is culture, you know? And so sometimes people think that like they are operating outside of their culture if, you know, I become a vegan. And it's like, no, there are things that you can do. You can cook a vegan mac and cheese. You can cook, um, you can have uh, cauliflower wings and make them so good um, and they taste so amazing. You can make a vegan ranch that makes like, you know, we like 
you know, all of these things. You can make it, but you can make it healthier. Um, and you can make it to your tasting and your liking and just create things that are more healthy within community. Um, I think people just have a natural aversion sometimes to eating healthier because also just like an access issue. Like it just doesn't exist in our community. You know, I, there there is no vegan shop in Ward 7. Like there's no vegan restaurant here. There's no um, salad shop. Like we don't have a salad shop. Like I don't, it's not, it's just not there. Um, and I would have to take a $15, $20 Uber downtown to go to a salad shop to get a nice salad. I would eat salad more, but, or for lunch, but I don't, I don't have it here. You know, um, where are the places where we're getting super fresh produce and not, you know, mid range produce, you know, does that exist in community? So our thing is just also just making these things available. Cause sometimes I think it's also like an access issue. Um, and then also making sure that they have the education to do so. Um, a lot of us didn't grow up in vegan households, you know what I mean? Or vegetarian households. A lot of us grew up eating meat. So, you know, we don't even know how to go about it other than eating salads all day. And I love a good salad. Um, but would I want to eat salad breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day? Probably not. I want to switch it up. I want to have other things, but people don't outside of eating vegetables, you know, what else could we do? And sometimes the education just needs to be there to learn um, about what you can do to, to really eat vegan and eat well and, and have really, really great um, options in terms of food. And it's too bad, but now that now, um, Mary, I hear that some some cities are doing um prescription for health. They're writing prescriptions to buy certain foods now to yeah. keep people healthy. You know, to get um, especially people with you know diabetes, hypertension, different things like that. And I and I think, I think I could see Marcus Evan even being on the on the end of doing that. Maybe like being a vendor for food prescriptions because I think that's I think moving forward, people are going to be looking more about that because once they see it, Murray, they see they start seeing outcomes. And I think for us, Murray, it hasn't been enough. We have, it hasn't been enough visuals. You know, like you said, I mean, what you're doing is phenomenal to your point. There are no vegan restaurants because if I want to, you know, if I want to go eat vegan, I have to go over the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. You know, when I'm at, I, cause I work in Ward 8 and I have to go over the bridge to get anything like remotely vegan or bring, you know, most of the time I bring my food from home. That just alleviates that. And this is when, I think when meal prep comes in and like you said, you can feed your family like much, you know, for much less. And it's very flavorful because everybody has like different tastes. And to your point, Thanksgiving um, cookouts now, you can make cookouts. You could do almost an all vegetarian cookout and people, you know, using meatless, you know, you can use meatless products. <laughs> mm -hmm. You can make meatless products from lentils and different, like you said, cauliflower, different things like that. And I think it's just expanding people's, idea but like you said bringing it murray first because you are really filling the void that people need people do need accessibility and i think it's a bit ridiculous that you have to go like you said over the bridge all the way down a street over the bridge or you know murray some people i hear some of my um you know some of my colleagues who live in you know i'm um, living those communities they go out into virginia they get rides <laughs> yeah so they go to maryland virginia and all of that and i'm thinking you have to go way over there and Murray, what do you think about the quality of food that we are getting in, in our three grocery stores, though? That's a whole nother issue. Yeah. Now, this is a really interesting question. Um, yeah. 
we have had the community at large has definitely had issues over time with some of those grocery stores and the quality of food that is being provided. And I know there's been a lot of conversation um, in community uh, to try to make things better. And they've been trying to work with the community to uh, make things better. Um, I've heard there have been improvements in some of the grocery stores, but there's still work to be done. Um, I can't speak to uh, what the quality is now um, and what's going on now. I'm kind of out of those conversations. But what I can say um, is I still do not buy food east of the river, my groceries. I still get my groceries from other parts of the city. Um, and so I think there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of making sure that we get quality uh, gross full service grocers in community. They now have a new grocery store coming Lidl. Um, and I think, you know, that's a new opportunity to see, you know, how we can bring in um, other players into the community that can offer a broader range of sustainable lifestyle foods and products in community. So I want to see more of that. And I'm, I'm working so hard in community to create alternative pop-ups, alternative uh, food spaces in community where we can have that sort of access. And I certainly champion bringing more full service grocery stores uh, east of the river. I also want to shout out Good Foods Market um, that also uh, in Ward 8 uh, that has come east of the river too to provide uh, further grocery options as well. But Mary, what I want to talk about real, real quick, they said because our, our salary is low. But Mary, what, what people are selling their houses for, what, you know, what they're paying for houses now, that should be kind of almost a myth now because you know what real estate is going for. So do you think that should be like um, increasing people's income? If they find houses, you, you know what they're going for now. You and I know what yeah. they're selling houses for now in World 78. So it shouldn't be any more excuses. Well, the income is low. Yeah, again, I'll point to our um, the myth of the $10 community. Like people don't spend money on food. People over here spend money on food. Um, and what we found in the survey, we, we interviewed people from our community in Ward 7, but there were also other people in the survey that lived in other wards that also conducted surveys. And so we learned about what was happening in other wards, wards in terms of having access to food. And one of the questions as a part of our survey is like, how much, how much money do you spend on food? um every month and there were ranges and what we found is like there was more of a correlation between not so much income and how much you spend on food every month but more so how many people are actually in the household um there was not a lot of variance in between what someone in ward seven uh spent on food versus uh maybe ward two ward one the big difference was when you saw the variance is like how many people were in said household you know, and whether that's by way of subsidy, because one can make the argument, well, maybe people here are using subsidy or whatever. However, they're paying for the food. They're spending about the same amount on food every month. So a, a family of four in Ward 7 and a family of four in um, Ward 2, they may be spending about a, the same amount of money on food, right, um, based on how many people are in their house. So people, this idea that people in Ward 7 and Ward 8 don't spend money on food, don't spend... You know, they only spend a little bit of money every month on food. And so they only eat fast food or they're only eating ramen noodles. Like that's, that's not consistent with what we found in the survey. Very interesting. And then they have to realize too, a lot of people live um, multi-generational right. you know, in the house. So it, like you said, and um, for those of all who don't know what World 2 is, the ones who don't DC, that's the more affluent area of the city, which is 
west of west of the river, west of the Anacostia River. So east of, when you when we say east of the river, it's east of the Anacostia River. So they say, what is what are they talking about? So like I said, my my podcast is reaching a wide audience. So I like to break down different areas of DC. But Mary, what type of lifestyles um um vendors are you having lifestyle um stores are you having opening? Yeah, so we um we're still gonna do pop-ups at uh, Market Seven as well. We have uh, outdoor space where we can do pop-ups, but we also have a lot uh, in the back that we're um, using for parking. And so we have a lot of opportunity to actually uh, have pop-ups. And pop-ups is our genesis. We love doing pop-ups, and in our pop-ups, we've worked with over seventy black-owned businesses uh, in the region to do said pop-ups. And so we've had everything from like candle companies. Uh, body work products like so things for your hair skin and nails uh we've had things like uh home essentials like um people who sell fabrics and rugs and things for your homes uh we've had people who do like uh, products for like eczema and things like that uh we have people who sell all types of um i'm trying to think art art a lot of art too so we've had a number of different pop-ups for a lot of different things that you can utilize in your home, as well as like body care. We've had people selling beard oil for the gentlemen who have beards and want to have like great beards. We have those products as well. Uh, we've had a lot of different things. And so we'll, we'll bring all that capacity to, to Market 7 as well. Can't wait. So Murray, would it be space to, um, to hold um, pop-up fitness classes? Listen, I have been talking to some people about this because I would actually love to work with um, some local people who do fitness to do like fitness days at Market 7. Uh, maybe we could do like Fitness Fridays or something like that where we come and we do uh, really creative like fitness things, whether it's like go-go Zumba uh, or really creative like walks or something like that around the community a lot of people don't know that ward 7 also has the, like the most green space in um in dc so we have a lot of beautiful green spaces where we can organize walks and runs and and just outdoor uh like outdoor yoga you know that we could do uh in our ward and maybe it could all start and end at market seven uh and you guys can come by and get a healthy meal after that you know, uh, or a healthy drink after that. We have one vendor coming in that's going to be doing some healthy juices. So we we would love to, to do that. And so just looking for people to organize um, and do that with us. Uh, people in community, I know that work like Jim Jones, who does some great uh, community workouts. Mm -hmm. I would love for him to come and do some more of that with us as well. Because uh, we, we worked with him with Art All Night last year to do like a community workout um, at Penn Branch. Uh, shopping center. So I would love for him to come out and do some of that at Market 7 and do like an outdoor workout and things like that. So, um, and bring other trainers along too, to do that with him. Like he did uh, last year at Art All Night, he brought a trainer out to, to do some workouts with us. So yeah, I, I think, I think it would just be awesome. And uh, we're certainly open to the opportunity. Oh, that's phenomenal, Murray. It's just, it's just, it's, um, you're just doing really, really great things. You, you and your team are doing great things just to bring, like I said, just to bring health and wealth and wellness to the community. Because again, all, all of that is a couple. And I'm sure you're going to bring it with people. Like you said, people are going to look forward to coming. And Murray, one more thing. Are you going to be, um, are your vendors, like some of your food vendors, will they be taking um, SNAP or EBT benefits? We will be encouraging um, our entrepreneurs to take 
snap and things like that to the best of their ability. So we're encouraging them all to do that. Um, but we'll have more information about which vendors will be able to accept SNAP benefits uh, by our openings. Because I know people people be concerned about, you know, what type of benefits and stuff like that you do, things this nature. But Murray, this, is, this has been so educational. I've learned so much today. I'm excited. Glad <laughs> when you open, because I would be a wooden um, participant. I'd be over at your pop-ups. And definitely, you know, definitely... Um, you know, definitely look forward to working with you on my end and, you know, definitely on the, on the health and wellness, especially on the wellness side, on the fitness side and bringing things, like you said, people not used to just having people come out from cradle to grave, you know, from infancy all the way up to seniors, you know, do fun things for the seniors as well. Yeah. Maybe do some things, you know, doing the, um, doing the daytime, get them out of the house <laughs> and doing yes. some. Well, I look forward to working further with you as well. Um, we, I'm very excited about what's to come and we're going to just do great things in the ward. And I, I really appreciate all of your support and thank you so much for having me on today. All right. It's my pleasure. So everybody, Murray is phenomenal. So I know, and Murray is always looking for community input and support and help. So Murray's Instagram is market seven DC. That's Emerson Murray as an Apple, as and Randy K E T the number seven DC. Um, leave her a DM. One of her team members or herself will get back with you. Her email again is info at market7dc.com. That's info market the number seven dc.com. And every and also her information will be in her show in, in my show notes. And everybody, I encourage everybody to look at the ten dollar the ten dollar community documentary on YouTube. I will put that link on there as well. We definitely still want to educate and inform our community to stay well and be well. And we need our 16 back. Yes. <laughs> we definitely need our 16 back. So Murray, thank you again so much, so much, so much. I'm blessed to have you on today. So this is Marcia Lee for another episode of my season your reason. And I look forward to our next episode. Until then, be fabulous. Thank you.